0: Right, Decatur City Church. Y'all make some noise. Good to see you all in the building uh, this morning. You all look absolutely fantastic. Uh, thank you all so much for being here. I want to give a very special shout out to all of the folks in the building. This is your first time with us, and we're so thankful. We're so honored that you're here. Uh, you are honored guests. Is there anything that we can do, please uh, let us know in ways in which we can serve you. Uh, we are. We are. I'm landing the plane this week on our series we've been in for the last couple of weeks. We've called it Road Trip, uh, Finding Joy in the Journey. And you know, people often kind of wonder a little bit just about you know the inspiration for series. Sometimes people kind of think, man, how do you guys come up with it? I mean, is there an email that kind of gets passed around, Excel spreadsheet, or something like that? You know, as you kind of think through what you want to talk on. And I just want to kind of give you guys just honestly uh, the reason that we found ourselves in this series the last couple of weeks are it's, it's really just kind of been my life. And over these last uh, kind of two years, uh, you know, we've experienced a lot of different transitions. Uh, but with those transitions, I mean, there's, you know, just things that you didn't expect, things that are new. And so what we've been looking at in this particular series is looking to answer the question is, how do you keep going? Uh, perhaps when you want to give up? And I remember a few weeks ago, I was kind of walking with my son. My son usually kind of helps me to kind of test the sermon here. So as we're kind of walking around outside, here's what I always kind of think in my mind is, how would I explain uh, just the, the thrust of this series to an 11-year-old who has a very, very short attention span? And I remember just kind of breaking down, you know, just all of, you know, these really, really kind of deep things, and we're kind of walking around. And, and I said, well, Silas, do you understand this? And at the end of uh, me kind of explaining this series. He said, oh, daddy, you're talking about perseverance. He's like, you just want to encourage people to keep going. I was like, oh, that's it. And so that's where we've been the last uh, couple of weeks. I wanted to show you all a, a picture uh, on the screen. This is uh, my kids in our last road trip. Uh, and, and and here's what's a little bit interesting. I know that we probably have a, a variety of different people here today. We probably have folks uh, that look like my son, Shay in the middle. Shay, when he gets in the car... I mean, he's just eager, excited. Uh, He cannot wait. I mean, just kind of be there for a number of hours. He doesn't cry, kick, or fuss. I mean, he's just excited. And then, I mean, there's probably where most of us are. There's my other son, Stefan, who is upset about something. Uh, It's probably because there's not internet access. I mean, that's probably what he's going through And I would imagine as I, you know, look throughout the room and I know we have uh, hundreds of folks really joining us online is, is, you know, when you look at that picture, I mean, that that might be kind of the mood of some of us in here. And throughout this series, we've kind of used this theme of road trip to really be a metaphor for life Uh, for all of us in here. I mean, there's a place in which we kind of start. Uh, you know, we've got kind of passengers, people that we're connected with, and there's a place that we desire to go. And here's what I believe about everybody in this room is regardless of your age or stage of life, your religious background, your network, I mean, your, your kind of your network of relationships, your occupation, here's what I absolutely believe, that every person under the sound of my voice, uh, there, God has created you for a purpose in mind. Uh, but for you to accomplish the purpose that God has for you uh, you, you've got to be able to persevere. You've got to be able to kind of work through the difficulties and the challenges because life, I mean, we all kind of know like it, it's not a straight line. It, there's a lot of uh, kind of starts and stops and kind of navigating sometimes the things that we find ourselves dealing with. And so in this series, we've looked to kind of answer the question and we've tried to make it fun as we've had kind of three different rules for the road uh, to encourage us as we kind of find ourselves navigating uh, the circumstances of life. So I'm going to do a little bit of a uh, kind of catch up the last couple of weeks, just kind of give you guys some insights of where we've been. Our first rule for the road was, if you miss your exit, keep going forward. So we talked about that very first week. Uh, I'm going to give you guys a definition that trials are the, are the unavoidable circumstances that make life difficult. So trials in our life, they are the unavoidable circumstances that make life difficult. Right, these, are, these are things that you can't plan for. It's, it's the financial challenges, it's the health challenges. It's, it's perhaps moving to a different city and trying to kind of reestablish yourself. It's when divorce papers show up at your house and, and it came out of nowhere. They are the unavoidable circumstances that make life difficult. And what we talked about in week one is here what, here's what God often does when we experience trials is he He uses those trials that we're carrying to conform us to the image of Christ. So whatever we're going through, whatever is unavoidable, whatever makes life difficult, as we find ourselves kind of navigating those those circumstances, what God is often doing in the midst of those things is maturing us, developing us. And, And here's just... I mean, you all, again, understand you guys are smart people. Here's, here's sometimes the challenge of life is sometimes what we're experiencing is not based on things that we've done. Sometimes it's just based on us being connected with people who've made mistakes. And so here's what I want to encourage you all today. Even if you're experiencing a trial or a difficulty that is a result of something else that somebody did, uh, here's the good news is that God can leverage that thing. Our Heavenly Father can leverage that thing uh, so that you grow and mature from it and those and people that are connected to you have the opportunity to do so as well. So whatever you're carrying, God often uses to grow you and to develop you. And So so my, my encouragement to you all today, because again, everybody in here has a future, everybody in here has a plan and a hope and a purpose that God has in your life, is I wanna encourage you in the midst of what you might be experiencing. Here's our second rule for the world. It was, don't be afraid to ask for directions. Fellas, I should have put that. Don't be afraid to ask for directions. Here's what wisdom is. We talked about wisdom last week. Wisdom is the ability to see and experience life from God's perspective. Wisdom is the ability to see and to experience life from God's perspective. One of the ways in which... uh, God helps us to persevere in the midst of tri- challenges and trials that we face is that we, we ask uh, God for wisdom when we're facing a difficult trial and we receive the answer to what we've been asking for. So that's one of the ways in which God encourages us. Like he, uh, We ask for wisdom and in his kindness, uh, he, he gives us an answer. And we talked a little bit about last week. Uh, we kind of gave five ways in which uh, which God often speaks. Um, asking and receiving what you need is a vital part of persevering. It's a vital part of persevering. And so, as we jump in, uh, as we kind of uncover our third rule for the road this week, let me just give you a little bit of reminder of the context. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we've been in the book of James. Uh, if you're new to church or Christianity, here's Something that perhaps may, might be new to you is that Jesus, during his earthly ministry, uh, he had earthly siblings, and one of his siblings uh, was named James. Uh, here's what was really cool about James. You kind of think a little bit about his story. During Jesus's earthly ministry, James was not a follower of of Christ. Like he he just he believed that Jesus was his brother, but not his Lord. Here's what happens after Jesus dies. And is resurrected, James comes to place his faith, not just in Jesus as his brother, his earthly brother, but in Jesus as the Messiah, the king, God's God's son. And so in the first century, uh, J- James begins to lead a church in Jerusalem. And so, again, kind of James, again, Jesus's Jewish background. James is very Jewish. Uh, and so he uh, he writes a letter to Jewish believers Jews who have placed their faith in Jesus and his desire in this letter is to encourage them in the midst of what they're experiencing. So here's what's really important about the context is that these Jewish Christians, they are uh, they are been displaced. They are under resourced. They are on the road. And so he writes to them. Because he wants to encourage them in the midst of the trials that you're experiencing, the unavoidable circumstances that make life difficult. He wants to encourage them to continue moving forward. And, and that truth uh, is, is the exact same truth that we want to learn from today as we face various trials and challenges uh, in our life. And, and here's what I want to do just in our time this morning is, is I want to unpack this third root for the road, and we're going to look at James. We to look at one verse this morning, James, the first chapter and verse 12. James, the first chapter and verse 12, and it says, Blessed is the one who endures trials, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Blessed is the one who endures trials because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love them. Our third rule for the road is to focus on the finish. So we find ourselves experiencing unavoidable life circumstances. We've got to choose to focus on the finish. But here's, I got to be honest, there's a little bit of transparency this morning. This is not my natural kind of temperament. When I kind of think about uh, when I face Trials and I face difficulties and, and things that I don't expect. And, and people that, are, uh, that know me well can, can attest to that. I've told you all last couple of weeks. Uh, again, sometimes when you think about how do these sermon series develop, um, you know, it's just a lot of times it's just kind of from life circumstances. And I got in my wife's car yesterday and I was taking it to, to fill it up just because I want to be a good husband and just make sure she's got all the gas she needs for the week. And I get into the car, I turn the ignition on. And this kind of crazy, loud sound just starts kind of coming from under the bumper. And I literally sit for a moment in the car and I said, Lord, I know this is the last week of this series. I don't need any more examples uh, (laughs) about about rules for the road. I mean, this is something I've been praying through and processing through for the last few months. Like, I am good. So I I love y'all, but I'm also excited to get out of this series because I've got more than enough uh, examples. But just a few weeks ago, we were, uh, again, we were headed uh, back to the Atlanta area uh, from Baltimore. And I told uh, some of y'all last week uh, that I felt kind of the wheel get really tight in the car and uh, ended up kind of being our, our power steering. And so this, again, this is, again, I understand that when I'm experiencing various trials and difficulties and challenges, I should focus on the finish, where I'm going, not where I am. But I gotta be honest, here's what I'm really good at. I'm really good at focusing on what's present in front of me. And so we get in the car, The wheel gets tight, and here's what begins to happen. Again, the power steering goes out. Here's what I begin to focus on. I've got a $300 cab to the hotel. I begin to focus on that. Uh, We were supposed to begin, again, kind of staying a little bit outside of Savannah. It was supposed to just be kind of a one night trip. That one night trip goes from a one night stay in Poolsville, Georgia. Nobody knows where Poolsville, Georgia is. It goes from a one night stay. a three-night hotel stay. It goes from feeding the kids for one day. I got five boys Uh, feeding the kids for one day to figuring out how to feed them for three days. Here's another challenge that we were kind of facing is do we take the car uh, to a local mechanic? But again, here's the challenge that we have with the local mechanic. The local mechanic doesn't have access to the part that we need until Tuesday. So perhaps like a a three-night stay might become a five-night stay. Or we have the challenge. Now, do we take it uh, to the local car dealership where there, y'all know the dealerships. Again, if there are any dealership people in here, I'm sorry, but y'all know they're going to charge me three times <laughs> what, it, what it would cost if I take it to the dealership. So I'm, I'm, I'm having to navigate all those different things. And so, so all of those things are happening. I'm, I'm, I, I know my destination is Atlanta. When all of those things are happening, here's what happens to me. I forget where I'm going. I forget where I'm going. I, I, am, I am consumed with all of the, the challenges and the issues and the trials and the things that I did not expect, and I lost focus on where I was going. And, and here's you know just my consistent reminder uh, that God has blessed me over these last 18 years uh, is my wife, because here's, here's when all this stuff is going on in me, and I'm just saying, okay, Lord, did I do something wrong? Are you mad at me? Or or how do I figure this out? Like my wife, she's just focused on getting there. And she just kind of realizes, perhaps it's just kind of her temperament. I mean, she's just kind of working through all the issues and the challenges, but I'm kind of over there stewing. And so the question we want to look at today is we understand, again, for us to persevere when we're experiencing Difficulties that we need to focus on the finish. We need to focus on on where we're going. The journey is important, but we've got a destination. We've got uh, the place where where God is taking us. But the question we want to look at today is: How do you focus on the finish? And I believe the answer to that question is in verse twelve. Here's the first on my first point for this morning: Is how do you focus on the finish? The first kind of key to us focus on the finish is that you have to see your identity. You've got to see your identity. Here's the context that we look at. Again, remember the context. James, the brother of Jesus, writing out the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is communicating uh, to a group of uh, displaced Christians, and he's trying to communicate to them in the midst of what they're experiencing. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want to, I want to encourage you to keep moving on. I want to encourage you, uh, don't give up. And here's one of his keys to doing that. Here's what he says. He says, you've got to see your identity. And in this particular verse... Here's what we see. James calls these believers blessed and approved. Blessed and approved. Here's what blessed means blessed means when God extends his benefits towards you. Approved means that you are acceptable after trial. And so. What we see in this particular text is this reminder is that what so often happens in our life is that we define ourselves based on our circumstances, based on the things that we're going through, based on kind of uh, the, the challenges that we And so, And so we, we have this encouragement this morning to see yourself as God sees you. Because what's really good about identity, especially when you look at it kind of in the context here, is that our identity is not based on what we do. Our identity is not based on us crossing every I, dotting every T. Our identity is not based on our church attendance. Our identity is not based on you giving generously to the church to support the ministries here. They'll continue to do that. Like It's, it's not based on that. Your identity is based on who Christ is. And what he's done and what he has accomplished for you. And so the scriptures invite us to this countercultural view of ourselves when we are experiencing the unavoidable circumstances that make life difficult. That we would see ourselves the way that God sees us, that we are forgiven, that we are called, that we are blessed, that we are more than conquerors through Christ who has loved us and given himself for us. So we have to see our identity. Here's, here's number two. Is not only do you need to see your identity, you need to see your future. You need to see your future. It says, blessed is the one who endures trials because when he has stood the test, that's the person who's approved, it says that he will receive the crown of life. You receive the crown of life. So what we have just contextually is James is pointing this picture to us is that those of us who persevere in the midst of life circumstances, that one day when we stand before Christ, we will receive a reward. Now, this reward, this has nothing to do with salvation. Salvation is, is based on great grace and, and belief and trust in, in Christ's finished work on the cross. But, but James does point a picture that, that we can anticipate a reward. And, and I thought a little bit about it today. I mean, this is, this is not something that we should be surprised by. Uh, my, I, you know, y'all lo- know my kids, and we always think a little bit about road trips. One of the, the best things about a road trip, especially for kids, is being able to kind of eat eat out. eat out. Like, that's one of the things they look for. And one of their favorite places to go is Burger King. One of the favorite places to go to Burger King. You know, if you ever go to Burger King, Burger King... Uh, and actually, we're going to do Decatur King because I don't want to get any lawsuits or, you know. So, so one, of the, one of the things that they love experiencing is, uh, is going to Burger King. I mean, Burger King. And then they just, I don't know if any of you guys have kids or nieces or nephews. Like, they just sing this song all over the house. B.K., have it your way. I mean, just, it's like, you rule. It's, I mean, it's just, it's in my head. And I've not been to Burger King in like 20 years, but like, I'm walking around the house. And one of the things that I, that I thought a little bit about, I mean, this, this kind of connects uh, to a little bit of the thing that we're talking about this morning, is, is that uh, you know, Burger King ha- has figured out how to incentivize kind of parents or nieces, I mean, or aunts or aunts, 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 if you're in the South, aunts or aunts, grandparents, nanas, pop-ups, like they've, they've figured out a way to incentivize like us to bring our kids in. They said, man, you know, if you bring your kids in, you're going to receive a gift. You're gonna receive a reward. And and I thought, you know, in, in the context, James is speaking to people who are experiencing various trials, various challenges, but the reward that he's talking about, they won't receive until they stand before Christ. But at the same time, I'm kind of wondering, my question is like, why does he tell them about it? I think the reason he tells them about it is because he wants them to be motivated. To be inspired in the midst of what they're experiencing, to know that the unavoidable challenges and difficulties that you're experiencing, that one day you'll stand before Christ and you'll receive a reward. Like it, it's, it's meant to motivate us. It, it's meant to remind us that what we're going through, the unexpected difficulties, will one day stand before God and he'll say, well done I'll say well done, and, and here's what I also have to imagine because I believe God created Chick Fil A. It'll be even better. It'll be even it'll be even better than 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 kind of the, the gift that we get from Burger King. And I was I was trying to think a little bit, just contextualize this a little bit for adults. As I, you know, I think often when I go out of town, again, I'm always kind of reminding my kids, hey, if you listen to mommy, you know, if you do what you're supposed to do, you make your bed, you get up on time, you wash you know wash the crust out of your eyes, and do everything you need to do when daddy gets back. I promise I got you some. So I was trying to think a little bit of like what would be an incentive for an adult? I mean, what, what's something perhaps in, in my mind that the, the future joy of it, it, it's meant to inspire and motivate me presently. And you know, what I thought about tax season. When I get my tax retu- return, right? When I get my tax return, like with that tax, like when I know it's coming, guess what? I go shopping. <laughs> I go shopping because I'm anticipating this future reward. And so I find myself like, at the store, spending money that I don't yet have. That I don't yet have. And I believe it's the exact same way and what the scriptures are teaching us this morning is that for some of us, what we've as we're working through these issues, and again, the unexpected things that make life difficult, like we've got to remind ourselves to see our future, to be motivated by it, to be encouraged by it so that we're able to persevere. Our faithfulness in the present is extremely important. So number two is that we've got to see our future here. Here's number three in terms of how we focus is that you thirdly have to see your value. Here's what James says in context. He says that God has promised this reward to those that he loves that God has promises wrought to those that, those that He loves. And here this is, this is so simple. I mean, this is, if you read this scripture, you, you might gloss over it. Here's the point of this particular scripture, is that God makes promises to those He values. He makes, he makes promises to those He values. And, and here's, here's what's so awesome about when God makes a promise: He will deliver. He'll come through. Now sometimes the challenge that we have is waiting on the promise. That's sometimes a challenge that we have, but, but here's what you got to know, especially from the advantage of the people that are reading this original letter, like it's communicating the tense in the original language that is saying like, no, it's, it's going to happen. Like it is like, you can bank on it that, if, that if he's made you the promise, it will come to pass. And so for many of us this morning, here is our challenge. When we face difficulties is that we allow the difficulties that we face to, to in some sense, to, to rob us or to, to trick us into thinking that our value has diminished in God's eyes. So if we look to answer this question, how do I show myself value? Here's, here's just a few encouragements that we can avoid comparing ourselves to others. Amen that we can seek out help when we need it, that we can avoid negative self-talk, that we can surround ourselves with people who will help us and encourage us to move in a positive direction. That's how we value ourselves. Um, a few years back, again, just all these stories, and I, I love y'all so much, and I just I'm just being honest, the next 15 years, it's gonna be a lot of family stories and a lot of kids, I mean, just, it's just where I'm at right now. Um, I remember this was a few years back. I mean, our family was growing. I think we went from, you know, we went kind of over that critical place of, you know, when you have more than three kids, you've got to kind of think about transportation. It's just, you're too cool for just, you know, uh, a sedan. I mean, you, you've got to kind of figure out the upgrade. So I remember uh, Tiff and I, we've always kind of lived in this realm of cash cars and cars that we just pray that we're able to get to the destination, I mean, that's just, that's just kind of where we've lived financially. And I remember we just, you know, one time we were just feeling really inspired. And I think it, it might've been around tax season. I said, you know what, Tiff, you know what we need to do? We need to upgrade. Let's get us a new car. Let's get us a new car. Like I'm tired of these cash cars, things that you can, I have to kind of pray them to make them last. And it's just, and so I remember us going into the Honda dealership. We saw this beautiful 2008 Honda Cross Tour. Tiffany loved it because it had the vacuum in the back. I mean, that was, that was her big deal. Because she saw the mess and some of the issues, some of the things. We, I remember it had a vacuum in the back. It had a navigation system. It had leather seats. It, just, it was a beautiful car. And so I remember us kind of walking in, and uh, we committed to the car. Here was here was the challenge that we had. Um, the new cars cost new money. And again, we had, we had kind of lived in this kind of cash car. And I remember us driving the car for about a month. And I think that car was, I mean, it was... It was much more than, than we could afford at the time. And I remember that first car payment came, that first car note came, and I just said, Tiff, I think we need to take the car back. <laughs> I, I just remember kind of seeing that bill, and I said, you know, this, this, is, this feels like rent. <laughs> and so, y'all, listen, so I, just, I, think we, I think we realized, you know, we're going to take this car back. We take it back to the dealership. I think at the time, we might have spent $42,000 for the car. When we brought the car back, here's the crazy thing. The car was only worth 36,000. We drove it for a month. It went from being 42,000 all the way back to 36,000. I mean, it was it was tough and we had to kind of bite the bullet. And The value of that car changed based on just our use of it. And here's what I want you all to know this morning. If you're new to church, new to Christianity, here's what I want you to know is that your value in God's eyes does not change. It doesn't change. Uh, Regardless of the mistakes that you've made, regardless of the regrets that you have, regardless of the issues and the challenges that you might face, your value before God does not change. It doesn't change. So you gotta, you gotta see your value. Uh, so here's the question uh, as I land the plane this morning is how do we sustain our focus? I believe the answer to us sustaining our focus, so we understand that we need to, uh, we need to see our identity, see our future and see our value. But here's the question how do we sustain our focus? I believe the answer is found in Hebrews twelve, chapter, verse two, we're gonna put it on the screen. It says, we do this, how do we sustain our focus? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates. Again, he starts it, he starts our faith. So, so you, you having the capacity to believe that Jesus is the son of God, to place your faith in him, it's not something you just wake up and do. It, it's a gift that God gives you to be able to respond in faith. He it says, it said, he initiates and perfects our faith Here's what I love what it says that because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. So, what allows you and I to persevere? So, this, this entire series has been about how do we persevere? How do we keep moving? How do we continue to move forward? What allows you and I to persevere is not us seeking to do it in our own efforts and our own strength. What allows you and I to persevere is Jesus and what he has done. You and I are called to endure. You and I can't. Jesus did. And when we look to him, we have the ability to change and to accomplish the thing for which he has created us. So just some practical applications this week. I want to encourage all of us this week, uh, this, this month, this year, to spend time with Jesus. If, if he's the one who, who is able to empower us to live the lives that he's called us to live, then we need to spend time with him. And we need to spend time in his word. As we read the gospels, here's what the scriptures often do in our life. The scriptures shape us and to help us prioritize what's important in his kingdom. We're able to answer the question, what are you learning in the scriptures that you can apply to your life? That we need to spend time with Jesus by spending time with his people. I'm preaching to the choir. You all are here this morning. You all are watching online this morning. What God does when he gathers his people together is that he builds us up and he builds us up so that we can build each others up. Who are you doing life with? On August 20th of this year, we're gonna be launching uh, groups here. And if you don't have a group uh, this morning, I wanna encourage you that, that one of the primary kind of places of ministry in this church, is I wanna encourage you like to find a group of people Uh, that that you can be built up by and that you can build up. This week, I want to encourage you to spend time with Jesus as you serve the needs of others. Uh, For every person in here, on the sound of my voice, uh, there are gifts that you have been gifted, and those gifts that you have, they are in operation so that you are able to make a difference in the lives of those that you are connected to. Mark 10, 45 said that Jesus came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Here's the question is, where are you serving? And I'd like to end today with two prayers. Uh, My first prayer, I want to be for those uh, perhaps in the room that you are struggling uh, with an unexpected difficulty or challenge and then secondly, I want to pray for those who perhaps, I mean, you kind of stumbled in here this morning. Somebody invited you because they promised you a brunch after this. And, uh, and perhaps you, you've, you've never considered the truth that, that God loves you and that God's demonstration of his love for you is not just providing you with a house or a job or a car or friendships or relationships, that God's evidence of his love for you is, they sent, is that he sent his son Jesus to live the life that you could not live and to die the death that you deserve. And so I, I wanna invite perhaps somebody in here today that you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. And it would be our absolute pleasure uh, to walk alongside of you as you uh, begin uh, your journey of faith. And so I wanna invite you all, uh, for those of you in the room and those of you who are watching online, uh, to pray with me. Our God and our Father, we thank you today for all that we have heard. Lord, this series uh, has really centered on that you call us to perseverance, but what allows us to persevere is not that we have it all together. What allows us to persevere is that our eyes are focused on the one who already persevered, Jesus, your son, our savior. And Lord, whatever we're dealing with in this room, we want to acknowledge before you and we want to ask, that you would empower us, that you would go before us, that you would sustain us so that we would fulfill the very assignment for which you you created us. And I also want to pray for those on the sound of my voice today. Perhaps today was the first day that they heard the truth that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And today they want to respond to the invitation to trust Jesus for the first time. And so if that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want you to pray this prayer in the the quietness of your own heart. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died in my place for my sins. And I believe that you will send your Spirit to live inside of me, to help me to live the life that you called me to live. And so today, I want you to be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Come inside of me. And help me to be who you've called for me to be. And Lord, in the midst of all that has taken place today, we want to give you our thanks and our appreciation. You are a good God, and we certainly do love you. And we're so thankful that we can continue to move forward based on what your son did for us some 2,000 years ago. We love you so much, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.